This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, welcome back to another edition of that Mill podcast. Um, it's a different show. This is just going to be a Rambo, Rambo, a ramble of uh, latest Mill news uh, and some general chit chat, really, between myself, Chris, and Joe. Don't panic. We are doing those eleven. Um, they just going to take a little bit of research compared to obviously using our knowledge like we did with the previous ones. These ones are actually going to need a bit of effort. Um, on our part to make sure that one, we don't miss any fucking donkeys and two, make sure that we don't miss um, any, you know, homegrown talent. Um, and we've just sort of debating what the criteria is and whatnot. So uh, if you're tuning in for them, don't worry, there is one of those um, or two of those coming shortly. Um, but for the moment, we just need to do our research to make sure that the show is uh, as good as possible. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome... Uh, the two guests for tonight is our regulars, is Chris and Joe. Good evening, gents. Good evening. How are you doing? That unison, isn't it? Yeah. That's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all good, it's all good. So the gents, um, slightly different. Obviously, we, we were going to do uh, a different form of show tonight, but due to changes, um, we're going to do it this way. So uh, I think... Latest news, um, obviously out today, is uh, Keith um, has left. He's gone um, to a Dutch side, which I think, you know, to be honest, he's got a cracking deal there. Um, he's got a two-year deal with a possible extension for a third. Um, it's in his, it's in his native country. Um, 
and I don't really think it's a bad deal for a 31-year-old. I don't think he would have got given that deal at Millwall. I think if he was lucky, he was going to get a 12-month contract. So, yeah, and to be fair, um, I think it was good for us, but I don't think we're going to miss him. Uh, Chris? No, I, I don't. I mean, I um, I wish him well. I don't know no sort of ill feelings on it. I think um, he... He sort of would get going and then he got injured. I think he had two two injuries in his time with us. Um and um for me he was he was not going to be a first teamer next season, um, regardless of the transfer activity we do. Uh, I would put yeah, at least Mitchell Savile and, and Leonard if Leonard's gonna play in midfield, <clears throat> excuse me, ahead of him. So um no great loss in that respect. Um, he's experienced at this level, which I think is something that, um, yes, okay, we want to go in a slightly different direction um, and bring in more youth um, and I guess more sort of pace and, and, and sort of physicality into the team. Um, but as I'm sure we'll go on to, we've lost Pierce. We're going to lose Jed, Kifton Veld, Matt Smith. I know not in the summer, but he was a very big character in the dressing room. So we're losing experience. So you can go maybe two that way. That's the only thing that concerns me about losing Keith. Not his playing ability, to be honest. I'm not saying he was influential in the dressing room at all, um, but I do think he's an experienced head at this level that that would have been handy to have in the squad. But I wouldn't have given him more than twelve months. And if I was in his shoes, I'd have gone back home with a two slash three year deal. So. Fair enough. Joe, what do you think, mate? Um, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I was, um, I was... That sounds bad to say. I was quite glad to sort of see him go, really. I mean, he's... he's I'm sure he's a, he's a lovely player. Um, he's, he's always sort of given 100% when he's played for us this season. I just look at him and I think to myself, is he the player that's going to help us get into Premiership next season? Yeah. And, I, and I can't see that happening. Um I read somewhere online, I think he, he mentioned this, this club uh, called FC Emmon, or Emmon. Um, yeah. They'd come in for about six months ago and he was non-committal at the time. He's waiting to see what Millwall are going to offer. But I think he, the way he puts it is, look, he's got another year or two left of playing football. He always wants to go back to back to Holland, be close to his family, his friends. He mentioned about how much he loved Millwall. He loved England, you know, and it's been a, been a pleasure sort of playing for us. But I think he kind of made his mind up that, he sees himself sort of going back to Holland. Um, the team that he's going to, they got promoted from the second tier. So it's, it's their, their chance of playing the top tier in Dutch football. So I guess the challenge is there for him. It's quite an exciting one for him. But personally for us, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite pleased that he's not going to be here next season because, again, I don't think he's going to give us what we need to to push up and improve what we did this season, uh, to be honest with you. So wish him well. And hope does really well well there, um, but uh, yeah, hopefully gives an opportunity to create some space and some extra yeah wages there to spend on on better younger players maybe. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think it was it was a you know it, it was what probably gets treated around as a Millwall type of player. I mean, it was it was up and out. Do you know what I mean? He would. He would get that yellow card to, you know, to basically take one for the team Every and he'd game. go through people. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd go through people, um, you know, like they fucking weren't there. But I just, I just don't think he was, it was really beneficial to us. I don't think there was any one game where you go, fuck me, if we didn't have him on the pitch, we would have lost that. 
Um, do you not think, think you something changed in him? Like the start of his career at Millwall, he's seen a lot more live. He was getting stuck in injuries. I think. I think it's injuries. Yeah, he's faded out. Has he? Second, he never really got a run, did he? That was the thing. He never really got a run. Um, And I, I I agree with what both of you are saying. I just, I'm more concerned about him as a player in the squad as opposed to him. If that makes sense, it's another body that yeah, he's just taking the space that was going to take a space. We 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 learned um, in the week. Thank you, Kai, for sharing on Twitter that. we uh, we're going to be up, uh, be able to use five subs next year, um, which I mean I don't agree with. I mean, God, whatever's next, do you know what I mean? But- so is that what what I don't understand with that? Is that five subs plus the concussion sub, or is that five club five subs including the concussion sub? Good question. I, I don't know. I've not looked into the depth of the rules, but I'd imagine you, you plus. I think if you're looking at it, I mean, if you if you've used your five subs, you've got ten minutes left for the game and a player. Has to go off concussion, then I'm, I'm sure they'll let they'll allow an extra play, wouldn't they? I would have thought changing half the team. Yeah, yeah, it's half the team, half the team change, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's madness, though, isn't it? I mean, why the fuck do you need five subs? I mean, I think, I think it's great in some ways, it, it's great in regards to how, how often you watch games, the last 10 minutes, it kind of like drags out a little bit, you've got tired legs on the pitch, you've got yeah, maybe injured it, players hopping around. This gives an opportunity to kind of liven up, freshen up the last 10 50 minutes of the game. But also gives opportunity for players to, to get some minutes. Yeah, you know, if you're a young player, but I can't help but feel this will only real benefit the top teams. And you, you look at look at some benches at Fulham and Bournemouth this season. The players that they can bring on, yeah. and they look at the teams that sort of in the, in the middle on the, on the bottom side of the championship, and they're looking, they're scraping a barrel just trying to fill their their, 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 their subs bench, aren't they? So I can't help but feel this is going to really, really, really help the stronger teams, the bigger squads with better players. More so we all know. Else, yes. We all know realistically that this is possibly, you know, along the lines of somewhere going forward with the amount of subs that it's going to benefit the advertisers at some point. It's mm. going to be, you know, either, you know, if it's a televised game, it's going to give an option to run a quick advert while they do sub change, or they're going to, you know, they're going to drag it out a little bit to get a thirty second <laughs> advert in there or something. But I, I don't, I, yeah. I don't think it's for the benefit of the game. I think it's. It's probably more external reasons than benefit the game because changing half a squad through the game is just madness. I mean, you know, you play football where you know you've got three chances or you had three subs and you know that you've got to have a tactical decision. Now, if your front, you know, your front three, your front four, whatever, ain't working, you could pretty much change the whole lot in one hit or you could change your back four in one hit and suddenly. You know, you've turned the game on its head. I mean, you imagine, you know, with us, all of a sudden, we go from Bradshaw and a phobia up front and we suddenly, for instance, we bring in um, Bradshaw, Jed, fucking Savile, for instance, you know, suddenly we, we bring three, four new strikers on and, and attacking midfield on and you've just changed the game completely from how it was to where it is. That, to me, just takes the the idea of, tactics and whatnot in football and for mm. the bigger teams as you said you know for Bournemouth and all that and, and Fulham's and the, and the teams like that the ones or, or teams what have just come down they've got the players there where literally they can you know they can play 45 minutes and then change the squad mm. and then literally their their midfield and their strikers will have new legs come the second half and you ain't going to compete with them 
No. But it, this was this was voted, I think, by all the clubs, wasn't they, in the championship. I think they all had to vote. And they all they all kind of whether it was a majority vote, I'm not quite sure how they did it, but apparently it was yeah, voted and, and 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 they agreed to it. You know, yeah, so it's, it's it was, like turkeys yeah. for Christmas, isn't it, mate? You're never gonna let the fucking Turkeys vote for Christmas, are you? Because you ain't going to get a Christmas. When you're letting, you know, the people who are so fixated with money vote on things, um, you're letting mm. CEOs and whatnot. It's not the managers, I don't I think, or the players what are voting, is it? I guess that there's pros and cons to it, isn't there? I mean, if you're if you're looking at, you know, longevity of players, I mean, surely you, you're, you're resting players more often, so they're not going to be so prone to injuries anymore. Because yeah, let's be honest, it's usually the last 15 minutes you tend to get players going off with knocks and, and whatnot at you. And, and, and yeah, it's football, for fuck's sake. They get paid shitloads of money. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? It's part and parcel of their game. But it's the issue help. I have... Sorry, Joe. The issue I have with it is... I don't know if it's going to negatively impact younger players, actually. Yeah. Because if I'm if I'm Gary Rowett, and I'm just going to use Lovelace, he's probably going to go, but let's just say he's here next year. Mm. You're thinking... I don't know, say a League One team comes in on loan for him. Um, whereas that would have been, yeah, go on, go on, go and get yourself some games. It might be, actually, I need to keep you here because I know I've got to have a slightly bigger squad than I did have. And actually, the kid's going to get a lot less minutes than he would do by going out on loan for a season. So it depends how you look at it, but I think it could negatively impact the the youngsters coming through because they will be kept at their parent clubs, not playing many minutes when they could be out getting some real experience. It, it, you, you raised the youth section. We, we, we go on with this as, as these conversations normally do. The bit what confuses me with Rowett is that one minute in the press, they go, it's all about young, upcoming players and, and putting youth into the team. And then on the other hand, they don't bring the youth in when we need them. So, you know, a lot of last season, we had some good youth players you know, on the fringes, who we didn't really necessarily use. Yeah, we used Lovelace a couple of games, um, but some of the other youth, we never really got into the team. But is there any names obviously, you're thinking of there? When we were short, when Jed was injured, um, and, and a couple of the other, I can't think now were the ones, but because we talked about it before, um, where you like, he. he uh, he obviously isn't bringing in the youth because he doesn't necessarily trust them. Because Billy Mitchell, he keeps saying, you know, Billy's not the player I want him to be, but he's getting there. But he's obviously doing all right because he's doing a job in the team, probably on a on an area where we're short on players as such. Danny Mack, again, you know, is a great player. But again, when he talks about him, he says, you know, Danny just needs to move on his next part of the game. So, you know... You these don't are, like Danny Mack. <laughs> no. So they, they, these kids are good... But to me, you've got, you know, like, um, I can't fucking think of his name now. He's just, he's left now. He's talking about Sean O'Brien. And like Sean O'Brien. Nana um, Boateng. Was, was a good, um, Tess, Tess, Tessney, what's his name? Um, oh, Junior Tenter. Yeah. He, Tenter, he, was, he was a good player. They were both good players, but they'd been released. And you're like, okay, we don't know what's going on, but it's like, mm. we got good kids what are available but we weren't giving them any t- any time. Do you think so? It's because they weren't they weren't setting the world up fire with the, with the 23s. I mean, Junior Tiense. They were doing all right, the 23s. I yeah, mean, Junior was doing, doing all right. But doing all right and 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 setting setting it on fire is two different things. Maybe what he's looking for 
or any good championship club's looking for is if you've got an under 23 player, they've got to be not knocking on that door, they'll be banging on that door. And they've got to be really like, you know, playing well on under 23s to show that they can make that next step up. It's not just moving up from under 23s into, you know, a slightly higher division. It's the championship. It's one division below the premiership. And maybe. No, I understand. Yeah, maybe he's thinking these players are not quite ready for it. And but what? It's, why some of them are let go, aren't they? I understand where you're coming from with that. But my point is, is that on one news article, Gary Rowett's going, it's all about the youth. We need to mm. bring the youth through. We need to develop, a, you know, the younger, um, a younger team so that we can follow mm. on for more years to come. And then he goes out and buys players or, or loans players or mm. 29 30. You know, Keith, yeah. for fuck's sake, was he was what thirty when he came to us, well, um, of, and a few others. You're like, why go for? Okay, you want experienced players, but mm. why go for old players when one minute on this article you're saying we want youth, we want this, and then on the next time, all we see from your actions is that you're buying old players. Well, you well, know, like I say, Mick, is I, I, in the championship. I don't think our youth. Um, product and 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 the, uh, the, the the conveyor belt of talent coming through is good enough. Um, twice well, down to the fact of our training and everything else. That's why. Yeah, that's the academy. That's, 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 that's what Rowett's getting at. Yeah, and saying these things because he's basically saying we need to invest in youth. Yeah. So it, it's kind of tongue in cheek, which is why they're not getting. But again, the only time they got played was the FA Cup. That's it. But yeah. again. The only time we've had real success with youth players is when we've been in League One, uh, we've had no no money, and we had to kind of basically rely on youth players to come through. And they've had games that have done really, really well. But you can do that in League One, you can do that in League Two. In the Championship, unless you've got a real strong, you know, product coming through of, of talented, high-skilled, you know, talented youngsters coming through, there's no point. You know, I... I, I, my, my son um, is coach, coach of son's football team and I've got mates of my coaches Premier League teams um, and they're scouts and they, 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 one mate of mine scouts for Man City and he used to be a scout for Chelsea for like young kids and stuff and he talks about different categories and, and, and whatnot and what teams going to offer. Millwall are nowhere near the attractive proposition for any Kid or parents, don't forget the parents. I'm, I'm not being funny, right? Your boy, well, you've, got, you, you've got clubs like, for example, um, Sutton at the moment, believe it or not, that are probably more uh, more attractive than Millwall. AFC Wimbledon is more attractive than Millwall for a youngster because of the categories. You've got different category levels, and apparently, their category and their, their, their academy, like, is probably well better run. And, and more attractive to these young players coming through, you know? I mean, our academy is over at Blackheath Rugby Club, so it's a shared building. But, I mean, I think that's mm. what, if you read all the new stuff around the new training facility, I think that's what the comments oh, are, isn't it? It's it's have everything in one place, mm. which that's means that the kids improve. then... I mean, it must be great, you know, if you're an academy kid and all of a sudden you're training on, on the pitch over from the first team to see... If I do well here, I'm going to be over there. But at the yeah. moment, where the first team either trains at the Den or it trains at, at Calment Road, you know they're they're miles away from it. You know they're nowhere near 
where but the we- first team trains, unless mm. you know they're allowed over there occasionally, or maybe they play games at the den, or you know they might see them occasionally. And it, and also, well, I can't mean, expect any better than we get. With, with no, no, exactly. I, I agree, but but with the new with the new training facilities uh, we're going to be getting the next or is it a couple of years? That's going to be a massive, massive attraction for young kids because yeah. that's going to help our academy. That's going to you know really sell it to all these youngsters coming through, and then hopefully that will help us attract better players within a is it a one hour radius? I think it is from where where the um, the training centre will be, and I think that's when we've got a chance. Yeah, we, we, would you? We, we, I mean. If uh, as much as you're a Millwall fan, your boy mm. gets an offer between I don't know Chelsea, Millwall, Sutton, and you walked into Chelsea, massive, great, big fucking training complex. Mm. What they got? Fucking twenty odd pitches, you know, state of the art hospital facilities, state of the art fucking medical, you know, state of the art this, state of the art gym, blah blah blah. You go to Sutton, they probably got everything I've got, no idea. It's all quite modern. And you go to Millwall and you've got, you know, 1950s, 1960s fucking <laughs> porter cabins with, you know, cladding on um, in the middle of, you know, houses, everything else. Where would you put your boy? I don't think you would. Well, as much as you're Millwall, you hmm. probably wouldn't really want your boy going. I mean, to be fair, if your boy's into football, then it's a cutthroat world anyway. And if you, you know... Yeah. Would you want to push your boy down that path or not? I don't know. I don't know if you would or you wouldn't. But I mean, my, my chance, heart, of course, my heart would be pushing to Millwall. You know, of course. But you've got to think longevity. You've got to think about his development, progression, and also the, the, the chance of actually making it. I mean, look at Chelsea's academy. It's about three different academy levels. So my boy is under forty. He's going to under fifties next season. And um, if he was if he was good enough to play for Chelsea there'll be three different levels. So you gotta play for like the A team, the B team, the C team. So if you get to the academy, it doesn't mean you're going to make it mm. as a pro. But one thing I would say is that they would have excellent coaches there. So for example, Brighton, I've got a very, very good academy. A, a, a good mate of mine is actually a, a coach at the um, Brighton Academy and they are doing things so well there, brilliantly well. But what you've got to think about these these boys coming through the academies, it's not about, are oh, they going to play for that team? is where they're going to be when they're 18, 19 years of age. So, for example, when I sat on that table at the player sponsorship with um, George Savile and um, Luke Freeman in the season, just chit-chatting with George and and, and Luke. And what was interesting is um, George Savile said he went through Chelsea Academy and it was gutting when he was released. Luke Freeman was an Arsenal fan, went through the Arsenal Academy and was gutted when he got released. So those two players didn't didn't make it. Let's be honest, they didn't make it at that level. Mm. But with the coaching they got, the development, both physically, mentally, skillful, technically, it allowed them to then look at other clubs beneath Chelsea and Arsenal, but still play at a good, a good level. Um, the same as you know, as most Premiership clubs. But the trouble is, if you go to a lower, lower team, no respect to Millwall, but let's say you come from Millwall and you don't make it in Millwall, where do you go? Dartford? Do you go, you know? To, to a non-league side, there's, there's not People really much. Pick you up ultimately. If if you if you've come through a good academy and you don't mm. make it, then someone will pick you up. And you'll, well, yeah, you you could I think you're a good team. For example, if you got if you're a Manchester City youngster or a Chelsea youngster or a Liverpool youngster, and you don't make it through their academy, you get released. You're there six years 
and you release that whatever age it is, 17 mm. or 18, whatever it might be. There's so many clubs at championship level and league one level that will say, you know what? I don't even know who this kid is, but I'll have a look at him. The fact that he's, he's been six years at Chelsea or Liverpool, Man City, he's going to be decent. Let's have a look at him. So yeah, there's yeah. going to be so many opportunities there, isn't there? But if someone says to you, oh, this youngster at Grimsby is being released, you're not exactly going to bust the gut to get this guy in for a trial, are you? And where no. would he go? No, but I do think Millwall no. has got quite a good reputation with youngsters because we've 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 lost some done. good youngsters to to City. Maybe mm. um, you know we've lost some to City, we've lost some to Chelsea, etc. So I mean, there are some yeah, there, there have been some good lads out there. Least. But I not, agree not with you. Though. Go to good to a good yeah, club. yeah. I, 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 you, you yeah well, me. is he? I mean, there's talk that he's going to go possibly Glasgow Rangers. I mean, look, no. You know, Glasgow Rangers is a is a massive club, but is that you know playing in Scottish football is that really for him? No, um, but then you got a question as well: Is he better off staying at Millwall uh, for another two or three years with the Millwall coaches, or are the coaches at Rangers better? And again, going back to his development, is he going to be better off going to Rangers for two or three years, developing there? Will he develop more there than where we are at Millwall? So. There's so many questions you've got to ask yourself. And here's a question. Here's a question on what we what we said there. Then, do you think that part of our progression to the Premiership is that we're failing in our youth academy setup currently? Yes. Well, can I just to step in there. I mean, not, not to give it much away, Mickey, but we're doing a show tomorrow with a couple of guys. Uh, I, think, I think you're calling it the, the, the arts of the secrets of it against the premiership on a low budget. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a couple of um, guys we're talking to who are um, Norwich and Brighton fans. And both of these guys will talk about it, how they brought youngsters through, um, through their academy and sold them for millions and millions of pounds. You look at Norwich, for example, you know, James Madison went to Leicester for, for millions. Uh, when Dina went to, to um, uh, Villa, uh, the, the Murphy twins, the Jacob Murphy and Josh Murphy. Yeah, yeah. so many youngsters have come through. Um, Aaron Lennon, I think it was that one. Was it Aaron Lennon? Aaron Lennon? Who's the other guy I went to? Um, Burnley. Oh, his name is now. A winger. Well, anyway, you've got so many young players. So what I'm saying is these players will help their clubs, but if anything, they can sell them for millions and millions of pounds. And that money gets reinvested back into the team to then buy more established players that can then get them up to the next level. You know, when we haven't got no money really to go out there and, and, and compete with our top 10 teams in the championship on, on, on a transfer front or even on the wages side of it, what's the next thing you can do? You can either look at a loan system or look at your academy level uh, players. And I don't think we've got anything in our academy that's really going to push us into, you know, a top two or top top six place at the moment because we're not blessed with enough talent coming through. We might get one. You know, or two, but that's not going to do it for us, is it? You, you have so, to do one or two things, right? Mm. To, to get for us to get to the Premier League, we either have to invest heavily in youth, and yeah, um, either way, what I'm about to say, we have to become a better selling club. Yeah, we've never been a good selling club, we never sell no. the, the right players at the right time. Jed Wallace and Jake Cooper both could have been sold for multiple millions before yeah. now, and yeah. now Jed's going to go on a free, and ultimately. We're not any further progressed than two years ago when we could have sold Jed for whatever we could have done. Um, 
So you either invest in your academy, produce your own stars. Um, I think that's what is a famous quote, isn't it, from Arsene Wenger? You know, we don't buy stars here. We, we, we make them. Um, you either do that or you have an incredible recruitment model. So yeah. Brentford is, is the, the obvious one that springs to mind where mm. you're able to buy players um, and, and, and churn them on um, for, for a lot more money. But it, the principle is the same. You get a player, you invest in that player, they help you grow, and then you sell them when the time is right. That's right. And that's what to. we don't do yet. No. Even um, with Kale, didn't we? We didn't – I mean, the only reason – we yeah, but That's the only nothing. reason we did that was because no one else wanted him. So Theo got Simon Jordan to make a bid, <clears> thinking <throat> that it would create a bidding war, and it didn't. You know, no one else come in for him. It was mm. just I think, I think Theo, Theo was about one point one 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 point three million, and that was it. I think Theo at the time was trying to cash his chips in, wasn't he? At that point, yeah, he knew what he wanted to leave. He done, he done his job. He wanted to get out. He wanted to make a bit of money, sell some players on. Yeah, he sold quite a few on. He's just happy to get rid of a few players before he um, before he left. I, I mean, I know someone who was involved in that deal, and and basically they tried to create a bidding war, but it backfired, mm. and we ended up losing a player. Yeah, you know, to Everton. But Timmy went, wanted to go as well. Fucking, yeah, he did, but we Timmy, still Timmy lost him. The problem we had again. The problem we had is like it's it's like what you just said there, Chris. The problem we had is that we hang on to players too long. Mm. You know, he was coming towards the end of his contract. And Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. If we didn't get rid of him quickly for some money, we wouldn't have got anything for him. The only time we've we done now it, in the same... There's one, one time, Mickey, we've done it right, and that was with George Saber, wasn't it? Yep. When he went to Middlesbrough. We yeah, was, yeah you say we did it right. I think George Saville pushed, and George Saville's agent pushed that hard. And yeah. I think that someone... You know, convinced him that he was going to be on bubbles of money, which he, he he didn't get. But he he went. Um, but you say we made out of it. Well, I think part and parcel of the deal with him coming back was a lot of that fee was was written off as such. So there wasn't actually agree. loads of money. Agree, so I think you, we're supposed to get instalments, weren't we, over a period of how many years? The fact we got him yeah. back on the cheap meant that we couldn't then cash in on the rest of those instalments. So. Yes, we got him cheap. We kind of didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We got him cheap, but we're kind of paying for it in the long run because we're not going to get the extra revenue in that we're, we're supposed to be getting, were we? But what no, I'm saying is, he's made some money out of him. We made some decent money out of him. We got him on a cheap, yeah. you know, bit, good bit of business. But apart from that, could you think of anyone else that we sold? If you look back, and think, you know, what, that's a good bit of business. Probably Morrow. Morrison was probably. Did, did we what to Norwich? 
Which, we, what, we got about two million for him, didn't we? Two yeah, and a yeah. half million for him. Isn't that much? Yeah, yeah, but I don't think it was in one hit. The problem is that these deals aren't in one hit, are we? The, the problem is with these deals, they're not, here's your cheque for two and a half million. A lot of them are, yes, it's two and a half million pounds, but actually it's £800,000 now. And then if he gets into the Premiership, yeah. you'll get another half a million. If he scores mm. more than 25 goals, you'll get another half a million. Exactly. And, and it's all tied up. So we just get these mm. figures thrown around by journalists going two and a half million. When yeah. actually it's not two and a half million. No. It's the same, you know, same as um same as Savile, you know, mm. what is it, eight million or something? Six million, eight million. Eight and well, I bet million, if you yeah. I bet if you broke it down, yeah. I, I reckon we'd be lucky if we got yeah. a million, a million and a half up mm. front, and the rest of it was due to add-ons and mm. score bonuses and performance rated and everything else. That's the problem with football, is that everything about it is all cloak and dagger. Mm. So again, this this sorry to interrupt you, the Chris. Going back to you know resale and buying cheap. I mean Daniel Ballard. I mean mm. I know we've got to push the out a little bit on a moment and news there that Arsenal saying look we we'll listen to offers we're happy to let them go. You know do we do we kind of break the bank a little bit to sign him with a view to sell him on? So we got from a four year contract. Let's say we keep him for two seasons in year three. We then look to try and sell him on because. He'll be two years older, a lot better, and we'll probably make some money. Even, even if we buy him for 1.7 or 2 million now, and we sell him for 5 million or 6 million in two years' time, not bad bit of business, is it? You know? The problem is we don't seem to offer big deals, though, do we? I think, you know, and it's been proven, these, you know, extended mm-hmm. deals, long term deals are actually only fucking 24 month deals anyway. Um, with well, extensions. They've got to offer longer contracts, but then the, the, on the flip side of that, if you get relegated, and, you, and you're struggling financially. You're then tied into paying the relegation clauses. You, you you put relegation you put relegation clauses in, didn't you? But someone like Ballard, realistically, I would offer him. I would I would go for you know one and a half two million pound. I would go for that um, because I think it's worthwhile. We so don't really accumulate enough as a club. We absolutely we don't, Brentford. Brentford. The players that they went went and sold on. Your, your your Ben Ramas um, and Buemo and Tony are still there, but they still cost a fair bit of dosh. They, they're not mm-hmm. they're not bargains. They're not cheap. They're bargains well, the in the context of what they're worth now. Mm. But Ballard could be this model now. Yeah. Ballard is the exact sort of person we should be going out out for. We should be paying the one and a half two million. I just don't know how much money there is there. So if if it was that was going to blow our whole transfer budget, would I do it? No because there are other areas that need strengthening a lot more than centre-half do. But mm. if we have the opportunity to pay one and a half, two million for Ballard, and the gamble is, will he be worth more than that in two years? I think so, but what do I know? Then we should be doing it, right? Um, and, and that's ultimately the challenge. It's basically having a player that you invest in that you think is going to have a resale value. But say... Say, for instance, say the transfer budget, including wages, or as such, you know, with wages to play around with, so you can work it, you know, 20 grand, 15 grand, or, or whatever. I mean, if you've got a budget of, say, which is quite believable for Millwall to be maybe three, five million, then Ballard is a big risk to that budget. It's a big chunk of it as well. Yeah. Especially when we talk about the needs to sign attacking players. 
mean, Ra- and what Ra- are you going to put him on? Saying what about gonna... how he, he made it quite clear, right? He was in for, for Ballard, but then have to lower expectations a little bit, is what he said. And everyone will knock him and think, oh, fucking Rowett, you know, la, 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 lack of ambition, lack of this. But you're right, Mickey, if you've got a five million pound budget, and that's yeah. half your budget gone on one play that you don't really desperately need, because let's be honest, we've got defenders that can cover, and you're really looking at attacking players, you can, you can understand the um, the hesitation almost, can't you, splashing the cash on Battle? It's also, Where's it leaving me you elsewhere, look, you know? Yeah, when you look at players like a phobie, who's mm. Rumoured to to be on forty million, um, forty million, forty thousand pound a week. Yeah, he's not going to get out of Millwall. No, so even if we did go there, he's not going to get out of Millwall. He's not going to get out of his next move. So the the kind of a phobie will know, regardless Mm. of where he goes, unless he goes to Turkey again, Mm. he's not going to get anywhere near that money. But is he going to get twenty thousand from Millwall though? I think, I, think, I think you'd do 20,000. Yeah. I think you'd get 15,000. We, we, we paid 20,000 in loans, didn't we, with um, is it, um, Zahor when we had him. I think we, we paid half mm. his contract, didn't we? That was 20,000. Uh, going back a little bit again about the resale, buy and sell. I mean, the Ivan Tony one was a, was a fantastic one. I think he, was he, wasn't he owned by Newcastle? I think he was a youngster or something. Originally. Originally for years. And they loaned him out to about 10 different teams over like six, seven years. Never really made it. He done. He had a great spell at Peterborough. Peter Peterborough signed him for I think like five hundred thousand pounds. They had him for one season. Um, Ollie Watkins then got sold from uh, by Brentford to Villa. They needed to buy a player to replace oh, Ollie Watkins. Yeah. They used some of that budget, not all of it, some of that that, that transfer fee to buy Ivan Tony from Peterborough for five million. So already Peterborough. A splash five hundred thousand. They've made four and a half million pounds in one one year, and then Pete, and then Brentford get him, and he's talked about worth. What's he worth now? Thirty, forty million. They reckon potentially. Probably. Ivan Tony at the moment. You know, so yeah, potentially more. Business. Say, yeah. That's Peterborough and Brentford showing great bit of business, but at different levels. Do you think as well that we we just don't have the we don't have the coaches at the moment to produce multi million pound players. There's no disrespect to our coaches because I've got I've got no idea where I've not watched the training session or anything else. But I'm just saying, you know, we've got a lot of the coaches we've had for the past so many years, and Mm. we've not really I don't think we've produced a multi-million pound player. Um within our I suppose the only player, the only player we've made multi-million pound in theory, um, and he wasn't really our player, was Harry Kane. Because Harry Kane was on the verge of being released by Spurs, and then he come to us. But that was then... more to the game time. I think this. I think this. Only yeah, yeah. I think it is. You could only, you could probably help that player by five percent or ten percent max on it improving their game. But ultimately, it comes from within. Mm-hmm. They've got to have that natural ability, technical ability to get to that level. Now, Harry Kane was quite clearly a very good player when he joined us, but we allowed him. Um, to play games, he got confidence, done really well. He then left us. I think he went to Norwich on loan after that. Again, got run of games, scored goals for them. Then got back into the Tottenham side and, you know, and absolutely yeah. smashed it, didn't he? Um, so you're right. I think coaches can help, but only marginally, I think, by 5 or 10% improving that player. But what we need to... Yeah, recruit again. All that's recruiting. You've got to get the players in. You so really do you do. Think, I mean, one thing what I think is good now with recruitment 
is that we're now finally fucking looking overseas because for years we weren't looking overseas. Um, And me and Omar on past shows, what we've done, we banged on and on and on that we needed a director of football to have a way of football that it doesn't matter what manager's there. This is the Millwall way, whether that be 5-3-2-1 or 4-4-2 or 4-3-3-1, whatever it wanted to be, Mm. that you had a certain way of playing. And that was the way we recruited for. Is Aldo going to be that person? I don't know. Aldo, you know, 10 years ago, Aldo was a football journalist working on the South London Press uh, and a fan who, you know, started News at Den, started, you know, reporting at Millwall, everything else, then got involved in the club, then went to Stoke and now come back to the club. Um, Gets very well on with John Berylson, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, Berylson's obviously got faith in him. Um, but is he is he going to be our 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 life and and saviour of the recruitment? I think that's still yet to be seen. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what goes on, right? But I've not looked at Stokes' recruitment in the last couple of years and gone, "Cool, I wish we had signed them." Really, um, no, no, no. Uh, but one one um, one bit of recruitment I do want to talk about, um, Mickey, is Coventry. Um, and the reason I want to talk about them is because I think they epitomise everything we're saying we need to do. Um, and there's there's three players I want to bring out, all for me, which have shone when I've seen them play. The first one is uh, a right back called Dabo. And I remember he um, had a really good game against us. And I, I, I remember whilst I was at the game, just Googling his name. And he's from Southwark. <laughs> and, you know, born and bred in Southwark in our area, so, why are we not picking him up? He played for Millwall. Um, he played, I don't think he did. Did he? I don't know. I'm just saying. No, I don't know. So, that, that's, that. so, again, we talked about attracting youngsters. That was the first point. The second point is um, players, to your point, Joe, that maybe go to a better academy, don't quite make it, but get picked up. Callum O'Hare, fantastic player at this level worth millions of pounds, was at Villa, didn't make it, got released. Coventry gave him his first chance and he's he's excelling in the championship. Mm. So that's two angles. The third angle is what we just talked about there, which reminded me of it, is the European market. So they signed Gustavo Hamer, who cost them, I think it cost them about a million pounds, so it wasn't cheap. And if you look at Coventry's budget, it's probably not too dissimilar to ours. So if they can afford him, we can, is kind of my Mm. point there. And the geezer's class. He is absolutely superb. So you've kind of got picking up players in your own backyard. You've got looking at players that have been released by bigger clubs and you've got the European market. And there's four examples about another club with a similar budget of doing it. Mm. Why can't we? Exactly. Exactly. See, the thing is, is that the, club, the club's line on this normally is, you know, well, you know, we can't really attract the players because of the reputation and this, that and the other, which I don't necessarily agree with because, you know, we have players here um, and we've signed players over the last year and we've attracted new sponsors and everything else. So I don't necessarily believe um, that line and you can, you you know, you can wheel it out every day if you want, but it is what it is. Um, I think we need to change our academy setup. We potentially need to look at actually looking at speculating to 
you know, or accumulate, specu- speculate to accumulate. You know, we need to look at using our youth as an investment to go forward, which I think this new training facility yeah. will do. Um, and I think that will be, it's a huge investment. Um, you know, whatever the land cost, by the time you're going to build and everything has to be on code one, which is basically um, sustainability, energy efficient, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to be a code one building, what they're looking to do will cost you millions because it's a, it's a greenfield site. So everything from, you know, grass on the roof to fucking harvesting rainwater to doing this, doing that, everything is going to have to be done. So when they water the pitches, all that water is going to be re redone. Um, everything about it is going to be energy efficient. And I work within the industry and I know how much of a ball lake it is. So absolutely, it's going to be um, millions and millions of pounds. But that investment potentially will do us favours, but not for another five, ten years down the line. So are we finally, has it finally dawned on people in the club that for us to progress we need to have this investment if we seriously want to look. Because I don't think, you know, we could spend, what, £30 million this year on players, but would we still be good enough to get in the Premiership on the back of that? I don't know if we would. I, I don't think we're, we're very far away from it. I mean, this has been Rowett's best finish um, points-wise, isn't it? Um, this yeah, this yeah, yeah. scene just gone. And... Yeah, as a club, it as a still manager, wasn't good enough. Still wasn't good enough, but you're always looking to improve. You're always looking to move forward next season. And the problem we've got is we're losing arguably our best player. Um, but, if we had Jeds for next season and he was still playing for us, then you can build on that. You can improve on that and get better. The trouble with us is that by us losing Jed, yeah. we're kind of taking two steps, but not one step. We're taking two steps back and then trying to rebuild. Now, if we take a step forward. We're not going to be as good as we were last season. We take two steps forward. We might be there or thereabouts. So I don't see us doing that much better next season, to be honest with you, because like I said, trying to replace Jed, is going to be near impossible because we're not going to have the money um, unless we get really lucky in the recruitment um, uh, market and we, we find a real star, a real gem overseas or like, like Chris just said, looking at you know um, people being let go from academies or whatever. That's our, really, our own hope. I only hope really of replacing Jed with an adequate player. Yeah, I mean, just one thing before you come in, Chris. Sir. I'm not. I wasn't slating Rarit when I said we're not good enough. I wasn't looking at slating Rarit there. What I'm yeah, saying no, is, yeah. uh, I just don't think he's been given the budget what he needs. Um, but the so budget's not there. If you're, there. if you're, well, yeah, but if you're always looking hmm. that. Do I buy one good player to give us the goals we need, or do I need to put that money across four mediocre players who potentially yeah. I can I can make better to fill various positions for us? Yeah. And if you're always doing that, you're never going to have that edge. And the fact of the parachute payments, clubs will come down normally, progressively bounce back up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It must be hard being a football manager in the current setup with the clubs and everything else that 
as last year proved, you know, injuries, schedule, fucking, you know, pain in the arse, it's all that. He's got the discipline under with no red cards. He's got us looking as if we're playing better as a team. It's the highest position we finished in in the last three years. We're now being an established championship club for five years. It, it, everything's going in the right way. It's about but time we're we, one then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But are we a established championship middle of the table club? I think we are. Or yeah. are we potentially within the next three years going to hit hit the golden time and go to the Premiership? Or are we looking at potentially we we down in League One again? Like, like I said, I, I, I think mid-table is what I'm, I'm projecting we're going to do next season. I think, you know, it's not be what we want to do, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, you've got to think about, as a manager, as, as what the jobs that Rout's doing, how difficult it is when you're on a shoestring budget, you're against 10 other teams, let's say, top 10, 12 teams that have got more money than you spend on players. You then look at the, play, the teams that are coming down, the likes of Norwich, Watford, Burnley, they're getting all these parachute payments. They've now got 30, 40 million pounds spent on players. So you're trying to compete with your existing rivals, plus new rivals come down with money, and you're trying to build a team that's going to compete with them and, and get to the, the top two or top six position. It's, it's near impossible. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's near impossible because, again, Luton approved. Luton and yeah. And they can do it on a very similar budget. You know, there, there are teams that can, can find their way in there and with a bit of luck, you, you could do it. You really can. But I just I just think it's just a tough, a tough, tough job. Um, I can see why so many managers manage Millwall for two or three years, get to a point of thinking, you know what? I can't take it any further. I can't do any more. You know, my hands are tied here a little bit. And then almost like throw the towel in and look at, look at doing something else. Because... That's the difficulty. That's what you're competing with. If you're in League One and you're going up to the Championship and you get relegated and you go up again, you, you know you can enjoy a bit of success. But when you're managing Millwall, it's almost like really you're 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 fighting relegation every season with a hope you might finish mid-table or, or get a sneaky chance against the playoffs. That's all you're you're aiming for. You're setting out your, your season for almost like a mid-table finish, aren't you? Really. And is that much? Is there much fun in that as a manager or as a player? I don't know. It's just it's a very tough. And tough that's why Rowett's done a great job for me. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. he's done a superb job. Is he the most exciting manager in the world? No, <laughs> no, he's not. Um, mm. On and off the pitch, but at the end of the day, he is doing a very, very good job. I mean, you know, we've um, just for doing some of these shows as part of it and picking our 11s and stuff. You go back and you look at squads that we've had in years gone by. And you look at the calibre of player that is on our books now versus 10 years ago, and it really is night and day. And it does show you as a club how far we've progressed. And obviously, we've yeah, got yeah, Jackie to thank Neil Harris. But Rowett yeah. has taken us on a step further. I don't yeah. And also, he has. Also, don't forget that Jackie closed the academy. He did, didn't he? Yeah, we he did. did. He did. But did. Was so, again, if you look at that, yeah, it was down mm. to money. We, you know, it was it was down to me because we were producing nobody. So, you know, we went down a couple of categories there, which probably shot us in the foot in the long run. And now they're looking to, you know, if we get that state-of-the-art building, 
it's going to up our category within the academy. So, mm. yeah, we'll see. But look, we've been rambling on for 50-odd minutes now. I think it's time for us to probably bring it towards a close. Um, again, look, if you're, you're, you've got some points on this, please do get involved. Get involved on, on uh, Twitter. Get involved on uh, on YouTube in the comments, um, wherever you want. So, yeah, we're... Uh, we're going to start closing down. We'll go to the boys and see if they've got anything else they want to do. But again, if you want to continue this conversation, um, our our Twitter head handles are all on uh, on the top. Get involved in, uh, and carry on the conversation. It'd be good to hear some of your points, whether or not we've been talking bollocks for the last 50 minutes or, or whether or not actually some of the stuff we've said you you agree with. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. Chris, have you got any final points before we do look to close down? We're not going to close down right this second, but... You got any final points you want to do, and then we'll we go to Young Joe afterwards. Yeah, and no, I was just going to say, I think um, it could be worth a poll on Ballard. Actually, um, if he was going to take fifty percent up of our budget, mm. would you sign him or not? I think that could be quite an interesting right. poll. Um, would would love to to hear what people's thoughts are. The, the other thing I was just going to say, I, I read today, um, and maybe I should have brought up earlier because we're not going to really get an opportunity to, to discuss it, but. We had a, a young lad on uh, on our books that we released a couple of years ago. Um, I think he was a fullback for us, but he's, he's changed to centre half called Jesse Deborah. And he we released him, um, and he uh, has played for Halifax for the last couple of years, and he's just signed for Huddersfield. So, oh, wow. you know, another example of a player that look he may never play for Huddersfield because they load him straight back to Halifax again. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just an example of another player that we've released. You know, possibly deemed not good enough. Um, and you know, Toffolo's another one at Huddersfield. You know, like someone that did. So th- th- there, there is, there are diamonds there. Um, we just need, we need to find them. But really enjoyed this show, um, Mickey. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's um, a lot of the time these shows where we do them off the cuff as such. We just do them raw on subjects what we just interest us rather than where we're having to do. But the the, the player 11s we're going to do, we we need to research it fully. Um, and also, I want to make sure we've got a full house um, with doing it because I think that's going to be an interesting show to chair um, on that one going forward. So, yeah. Joe, you got anything you want to add yeah. to our discussion tonight? And I'll take it you're going to run with that poll as well, are you? Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to put that one out. It's a good one, Chris. I'm going to um, do it once tomorrow morning. Um, just wanted to say before we end, um, you know, good luck to Alex Pierce and congratulations on that move to um, AFC Wimbledon. Um, I think he's been a great servant to our club. Obviously, his legs weren't quite there this last sort of season or so, but you can see quite clearly that he loved Millwall. He was very, very passionate whenever he did get a chance to play for us and, and did his best for us. But I think AFC women have got themselves a really, really good player there. You know, yeah, they're, they're, they're down in League Two, aren't they? They got relegated. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine Alex Pierce playing in League Two with his youngsters and him at the back there marshalling. Um, that their, their defense they're going to be straight back up again. I can see it quite clearly. You know, he's, he'd be fantastic for them, really, really good sign. And also, good luck to Sean Williams rejoining um Harris over at um Gillingham as well. So, um, yeah, to, to Harris boys, is getting a band back together, know, that's it, exactly. So, uh, good luck, good luck to the old boys, and I hope, I hope they do well next season. Totally agree, yeah, yeah. both class acts off the pitch as well. So, massive respect to them, yeah, right. Just before we do end, whoever whoever it was who designed that fucking England collective flag, 
you need to go fucking give your head a wobble, mate. Fucking hell, what a cunt. To put MK Dons on there as well was fucking shocking. But hey ho, um, that's just a little bitch as we as we do. So yeah. <laughs> uh, if you've not seen the video, check it out um, on our feeds on on Twitter or Instagram. You'll you'll see it, or even TikTok. You'll uh, you'll see the video with a group of clubs on there, which probably would never um, really be joined up at the hip as such, regardless of England or not. Um, it is what it is. Anyway, this has been that Mill podcast. Um, this was just a ramble for the last 50 minutes or so. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, please do give us a review. Um, let us know um, what your thoughts are. Are our recruitment, is our recruitment good? Um, do you have faith in us? Do you think it's time for us to speculate on the youth market to accumulate at a later point? Um, I don't know. Look, we've we've raised lots of different subjects. If any of those has uh, struck a chord with you and you want to uh, raise your bit, then please do get in touch. You can email the show um, at info at or or, or even uh, that Millwall podcast at uh, gmail.com or uh, info at thatmillpodcast.co.uk, whichever way you want to do it, all comes through to us. Uh, please do make sure you're following us across Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, nearly 600 followers on Instagram, not doing too bad. So, yeah, if we could hit that fairly soon, that'd be great. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Remember, we only do these shows with your help uh, listening each week. Uh, thank you, Chris, for joining us tonight. Pleasure as always, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Joe, for joining us. My pleasure. Enjoy the, uh, the the ramble. Yeah, so did I. So that's it. That's it from us for another um, couple of days, I suppose. We've got a couple of shows going out this week um, and next. So, yeah, tune in, get ready, uh, and hopefully enjoy the shows. Thanks for listening. Speak to you again soon. New Wall. Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.